Hello everyone, my name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the podcast all about Joshi Pro Wrestling here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Every other Monday, we are with you talking about the biggest news in Joshi, along with show reviews, previews, and much, much more. So if you're new to Joshi or you've been a longtime fan, this is the show for you. We've got something for everyone here. So check us out, Jumping Bomb Audio. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. Coming at you a bit early. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins along with Chris Novembrino. Ambush edition. Ambush edition, yes. Uh, Anheuser-Busch edition too. Uh, Jeff. Brought to you by (laughs) Crypto.com. FTX. Never mind. Uh, I I have jokes and it's probably more for don't worry about the government. And Um, also Mindy's Bakery. And also Mindy's, possibly Mindy's Bakery as well. Yes. Uh, Yeah. I am heading to Vegas in a couple of hours. Chris has, you know, stuff to do. I'm actually, no, I'm on the road. Uh, I have on Friday, a turnaround trip to Norman, Oklahoma, where I have to leave here at around 530 or so drive up to Norman, which is about three hours and change away, play a gig, and then schlep back here in the middle of the night, fueled by rage and Red Bull uh, to get back and teach. Rage. Rage, yeah. Look, Hawkins, when you need to stay up at 3.30 in the morning, you need to think about your problems. It, Chris, I mean, if you're Chris, not, I used I, to work it, at three thirty in the morning. You don't even tell me about that. <laughs> I used to work at three thirty in the morning. I mean, that was my call time <laughs> at the law at the at the big law firm. But uh, yeah, uh, so news is uh, sparse because the Wrestling Observer is not out yet, and everything always happens on Thursday or Friday. But there's a little bit going on. Kevin Owens MCL sprain. Uh, for a knee, kind of day-to-day, probably going to have to take it easy as a person with a knee injury. Yeah, that's probably the smart thing. So that makes him kind of doubtful for war games, I would think, as well. But I assume it might be one of those things where they might be taking it, and hey, if he rests it for a couple of weeks, uh, he might be available. But uh, yeah, it looks like he's going to be out for the immediate future. That is unfortunate because he has been an important part to me in the new Paul Levesque era. And I think he's a very important part ultimately in the Sammy Uso storyline. So no, not <laughs> having... referring to uh, Sammy Uso now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I mean, uh, dude, look, you see how this guy works. You see how this guy works. <laughs> see how Usi this man is uh, on a regular basis. Yes. You, you got to just deny him. Okay. That's fine. No. Uh, but not not having Kevin Owens around here as a character in the next chapters that start in, in like spring of 23 is unfortunate. 
Uh, hopefully he's able to, hopefully he's able to be back like January of next year or even February. And oh, they it's can not going to be that long. It, it's, oh, okay. It's okay. Day to day. I mean, it might be a month tops. Oh, 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 oh. The there's, no, was... there's no timeline on this. He didn't tear anything. It's just, it oh. appears right now to be a sprain. A sprain. Okay. Yes. Okay. I thought, I thought we were talking That's... like MCL tear, which is no. like, like six to eight months. No, so, I don't believe so. It's just no, one of those I, things. I, my my apologies. I misheard. No, but when you sprain it, you do have to take extra care that you don't then tear something because that that is that is also true. It's more vulnerable. So right. he, I mean, he should still take more time rather. But you know, eight weeks. I think the the bloodline storyline could actually go on for eight weeks without having Owens introduced into the angle yet. In a move we talked about here on Shake Them Ropes a little bit, your new NWA champion is Tyrus, and. At the time, we said, you know, I mean, I kind of defended it as, you know, a marketing move. Let's see what you can do with it. But at the same time, part of the problem with this move is that Billy Corgan is out there just talking nonsense and also just kind of driving off fans by saying, well, if you don't like this, don't watch it or something to that effect. I mean, there's there's another. I don't think going to move the. I don't think there's going to move the needle. No matter your politics or whatever, you know, Tyrus is on Gutfeld show on Fox. I get I get the negativity around that. Trust me. Um, that's not the only issue here, Jeff. The guy's well, just not working at oh, he a world ship. He stinks. Yeah, he, he's not a right world now. champion. And I hate to say that because Tyrus, former guest to shake them ropes, I like the guy a lot from from just talking to him and stuff. But his work rate is not up to snuff, and he has gotten older. And he has deteriorated from what he was before. And even before he wasn't known for great matches. I'm, I'm going to be judicious here. I'm not going to, well, I just said he stinks. So never mind. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, you have to grade this presentation on world championship. Yes. Curve. Yes. And he, he's I, the, the botches are up there. They're out there. Yes. Uh, but, but like, even besides the botches, uh, I mean, which are sort of not World League anyways. But, Matt Cardona uh, you know. would have been a better choice here. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. Tyrus is just not a 20-minute match. He's right. Just, I mean, yeah. I mean, out of the people you could belt this on, look, Trevor Murdoch, not the guy I'd do it for. Aldis, definitely a championship-type guy. Tyrus, no. Matt Cardona pretty much would be a, a pretty good champion for your federation, I think. I, I just... And then I, I just don't want ownership out there turning off fans. I find that distasteful in so many ways. I hate when Tony Khan kind of does it. I hate when Billy Corrigan does it. I hate it when Vince or Triple H even do it. I, it, I, I, it is the principal Skinner meme of no, it's the kids who are wrong. Yes. And like, I, I, I'm sorry, but like the kids ain't wrong about Tyrus here. A.R. Fox coming off his performance last night on the Dynamite show has been signed to a contract with AEW. Awfully nice of them, since it looks like four or five people have basically stolen A.R. Fox's act. <laughs> um, look, uh, A.R. Fox, phenomenal talent. Uh, you covered him in Lucha Underground. Especially. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, no, I, I mean, when, when, you know, they bring back A.R. Fox. I've seen yeah. him a lot in PWG. You know, he was always in six-man matches with Ricochet and ACH or Rich Swan. You know, I mean, he's a great performer. He's gonna be. He, he's not gonna be a star. I wouldn't belt him or anything. He's gonna be a guy who, much like Top Flight, go out there, do a lot of fancy stuff, flips, and then you know, lose to the other flippy do guys. I guess. 
Yeah, you know, there's there's the chance with Fox, I, I would say, unlike, you know, maybe more of the uh, microphone-challenged people to maybe catch on with the character, kind of like the way Swerve has. But, yeah, I, I mean... I'd love to see him and Swerve together. I, 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 they would be a good team. Uh, I, know, I mean, as, a, I, as opposed to making each other bleed all over the, the lucha to the temple. That yeah. might be a, that might be a fun way to wrap up the Keith Lee storyline, right? Yeah. That, that ultimately Swerve gets annoyed with Lee since since they backpedaled away from Keith Lee having the realization at the last pay per view that he's huge and that he can hurt people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why that threw me off, but it just did. No, it's it's like it was so weird. He had the aha light bulb moment, and we've now just like completely backed away from it. But he still knows big words. Are we the baddies? Huh? huh. Being bad? Hmm. Huh? <laughs> Evil? I didn't even think about that. Uh, yeah, no. Like since we moved away from that, a, a fun way to maybe wrap up the storyline would have Swerve and. Fox team up and you know like that that's sort of the the big reveal here and the other uh talent debuting on smack I believe it was on smackdown this past Friday I can't remember it was smackdown or raw to be honest with you uh Sarah Logan back with the Viking Raiders and back basically stealing Maxi Impaler's gimmick from the Indies Let, let's let's not uh split hairs here this is this is Milton Burl stealing jokes and doing it on a bigger stage I gotta be honest with you I, yeah, I mean, there's that, and there's just like how many re reboots of the Viking Raiders can we really do? Yeah, I I find Viking gimmicks dumb. I mean, I like the Viking Raiders as a tag team. I like them as War Machine more. Right, I like them as War Machine, but yes. like, I, I I mean, I find also just gonna be honest, the whole uh, Nordic <laughs> Nordic factor with the Vikings. Um, with people who do a lot of the cosplay stuff, I'm, I'm just white supremacy type things, Chris. That's yeah, kind of no, the, the, yeah, it's, uh, I get uncomfortable like, with Viking gimmicks. Let's put it. No, I, I'm with you. Uh, there's, there's just way too much documentation on that. And to me, the real allure of these two guys is not in the Viking component. It's in the raiding component. Yeah. You have these two monster dudes who like come in like a lightning bolt and you know obliterate a bunch of guys i don't like, care if they're vikings i just want them to right. be tough i, I want just to want them brutal. to beat people i want up. them yes. to be I, I want them to be the raiders not the yes. vikings yes that, exactly yeah they've gone heavy into the viking right it's all vikings. about the viking side of it i, I it, to beyond it yes being problematic to me and i'm with you on this i i just think there's look there's just a lot of there's a lot on that that intersection. Y'all can do your own homework on. Yes, that. that's yeah. what that's what I meant. Do your own homework. I don't no, know. no, for sure. But like, I you you will be surprised at the amount of text on that. Um, but but beyond that, yeah, I just like I'm with you. The Viking thing, you know, it's it's goofy, right? Because it's like you can't fully commit to it and make it like Undertaker Island, where like you go into the <laughs> angle with the Viking people and like <laughs> Thor and Ragnarok are like important components into your storyline now um or you know uh freyas and that sort of thing uh so like they're they're like basically like really scary cosplayers yes they're stuck in between being the actual thing and being a copy of the thing it's larping it, it's just high yeah on a, on a bigger stage and you're just like all right yeah they're like they're like the psycho larpers yes uh, <laughs> 
That's what I want. I want psycho LARPing. That would be a much funnier gimmick. Yes. Well, that'd be a funnier gimmick. I don't know, it'd be scary, but like every week they come out LARPing different things like, you know, Bushido and Samurai and Vikings and Roman gladiators. You know, they their their weekend of LARPing intersects at the park with the uh with the Star Wars nerds doing their lightsaber battles. Yeah, we could and, get Spartans one week, we could get yeah. Jedi the next. Except, except they bring like the their little plastic lightsabers and the Vikings bring their like real axes and, and things go awry. That's what I want. These are the, the, the you want segments where these guys get banned from all of the LARPing. Yes communities yes because they don't understand for being so like, too into it for yeah, yeah like C- it. civil war reenactments they show up with the viking <laughs> axes yes that's what i want yes jedi versus sith redoing like the the battle of the clones they show up with the viking axes the highlander was a documentary and the events happened in real time in real time yeah, yes, yeah it's a documentary shot real time <laughs> wonderful quote thank you oh that'll that'll do it for the news section it's been light all this is really just for to get to full gear and anything tertiary we have about raw or nxt but yes it is time for the lazy river wrestling criticism anything that's on our mind anything we watched this week and there is a pay-per-view and it's kind of important and it's full gear and uh i have partially (laughs) people who are usually friendly to me are like hawkins on this one you're kind of an idiot but I said something last night on the Dynamite show that I got to bring up now. No, let's talk about golfier right now. <laughs> Is there any chance, Chris, that CM Punk returns to AEW and that he's actually the devil weird not to prove exists? Because, oh, and let me let me explain this. I under, I thought it was a dig at first because MJF in his promo of this horrible go-home segment. First line is the first line that Punk used. I think it was in the pipe bomb or when he joined the Nexus. I, I want to say when he joined the Nexus. I get the two mixed up, the pipe bomb and joining and, and joining the Nexus. But I believe it was the joining the Nexus where he goes, John, I hope you can hear me and that you're in lots of pain. That was word for word what he said when he when they, when Nexus put him through a table and Punk put on the uh, armband and did it. And somebody pointed out to me on Twitter, you know, he's he's just quoting punk lines. It's not really digs at punk. And so while an homage, at the same time, it had my wheels going. And I, look, I am not out there saying that it's going to happen. But there's now 10% of me, at least, that goes, it would not shock me at all if this was just to work all us dummies in wrestling criticism. And 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 the dirt sheet writers and the people with podcasts and all that other stuff just to throw it in our face. And I think this would also I gotta be honest with you, I think there'd be a lot of negativity towards Tony Khan if it were true. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people would have been really worked, in particular the the people who went staunchly onto one side in particular here. Yes. Uh, I think I think there'd be a lot of hurt fifis because what if Punk and the Elite came back together? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, no, no. If Punk and the Elite came back together, there'd be a lot of people having a very tough Wednesday night 
thinking about how they're not as smart as they think they are. And that these gentlemen on their television screen have just like pointed it out to them in living color in high definition. Uh, That it it's interesting. Right. Uh, So you, you brought this up to me. And what I think is interesting about this theory, I, I'm not, I'm not at fifty percent. Like, so it's, it's, it's under. Oh, I'm not the, even at twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. But what is interesting about this, this angle, is that you can't dismiss it out of hand because we know things, so we say, right? But like, there's but still. Let's... Let's put something else out there. The problem with the building of this card of full gear is it has nothing to do with a match of any kind. The draw of this entire pay-per-view is to see what the angle is with MJF because we know he's not really a good guy. Right. It has nothing to do with the feud. It has nothing to do with the title match. Everybody's looking for what the swerve is going to be. And I think it would be a brilliant thing to make it seem like the swerve is going to be that he's going to side with Regal, but in fact he has a different mentor. He's 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 ver- he's verbal kinted Kaiser Soze this entire thing, and and he's gone after all his enemies at once. That would be interesting to me. Now that I was I forgot what I was going to say here because I had I had something else and it was a, it was a good point and it was something I made yesterday. I can't think of it right now, but it'll come I back mean, when me. you think about the what we know about what happened after the press conference, it's still pretty limited. Yes. We don't, it, we've never seen any, any pictures of anybody with any injuries, except the possible exception of, of Kenny Omega with a bite. Right. On his arm. Right. The Omega, the Omega thing would maybe be the, be the closest thing, but I mean, look, uh, in a world where you know. everybody has a camera on their phone. Are you telling yep. me that the Bucks were able to hide from everybody while convalescing? Okay. I'll believe you. I will. I will. But but <laughs> you have to understand why this has to be at least considered then. Yes. That there there are just a few chairs missing from the table still. Yeah. In, or, in order to make that picture full. Uh, the fact that with, with Punk... I mean, everything just seems to really be lingering. Yeah, and 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 the ex- and there's there's culpable deniability in saying it's because for legal reasons. Yes. Plausible then, deniability. Plausible but deniability. But then we still don't that, know. Yeah. There's still so much ambiguity around what the nature of the supposed investigation actually was. Yes. If there was an investigation, who, who did it? Yeah, who did it? You know. Uh, because again, we don't there's, even also have a that, there's, on that. there's also that point that a guy's wife was in there and was not talked to about the investigation. And, and so that, that, that kind of brings up a couple of antenna. We're like, Oh, an eyewitness to, to what happened. You didn't even bother to talk to them. Okay. I can believe it. Look, I can believe anything right now. I just I just brought it up, and it's one of those things where I'm not going to go out on a limb for it because I look. I still like my idea of uh, of Garcia, Yuta, MJF, and Regal all together. I think that's a that's a far better stable. But this go yeah, home yeah. show, and, and that certainly seems plausible in the wake of Moxley referring to Yuta as his young boy. Yes, 
and and him being hurt by that possibly. Look, this entire go home segment was bad. I thought uh, from the overacting to the overselling to to the lackadaisicalness of Moxley. I just it it just the lack of tension between MJF and Regal. Boy, yes. did I just not feel it between those yeah. two. Yeah, and I have a problem with the entire card for that reason because there's no heat on it. But let's go through this because we might have some notes from um from yeah, Dynamite. We can weave through Dynamite through yes. this card here. Yeah, uh, starting with a three way match for the AEW TNT Championship: Wardlow versus Samoa Joe versus Powerhouse Hobbs. This this Joe turn was ridiculous in so yeah. many ways. <laughs> yeah. It just felt like we need to do a turn for its own sake. Oh, you're saying you're coming after my belt? Well, I'm going to attack you now. And and here's the problem is that Joe comes out on Wednesday for Dynamite, does a little dig at Triple H, which I'm just saying, all right, fine. But then has a great point, <laughs> which doesn't make him a heel anymore. And, right, he so tries, and, and he has to pivot of like going like, also you people you. are, yeah, each of every one of you are nerds, by the yes. way. You yeah. guys are nerds and weak and and soy boys and screw you. And Incels. So, <laughs> incels, yeah. And then we have, we have, we have Hobbs come out and Joe is ready for the attack and he's looking for it. Or so I thought, no, it appears that Wardlow missed his cue in some ways and got there a little bit slow. So then it just makes Joe look like a dope. And you're just like, look, this match, big meaty men slapping me. I'm here for it. I'm here for the Haas fight. Hose me, baby. Uh, I could see a world where powerhouse Hobbs takes the AEW TNT championship to later than feud with Starks. I could see Wardlow and Samoa Joe on the ring of honor pay-per-view for Joe's TV title here. I'm is gonna this go an with all titles match. No, is this, this is just just, just the TNT belt, which is stupid because, like, it seems yes. to me, especially after Wardlow's whole reason for having this fight now is because he was all like, "I want to get every belt." Why would he agree to this match without trying to get every belt? Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, Chris, you have, you have parsed through the. I'm going like, Wardlow the retaining. Whole, the whole crux of his problem is, yeah, I think he's going to retain as well. And nothing will be decided because he's yes. not actually going after Joe's belt during this. Yes. Uh, so we both have Wardlow on that. Death Triangle versus the Elite as announced on television for the six-man tag, six tag team match for the AEW World Trios title. Oh. My joke here was that Pac just comes out and just says it. He just says the reveal. Okay, we all know what's happening. We know the elite's coming back. And some poor producer in the truck's like, well, guess we got to put the graphic up now. <laughs> all right, put the graphic up. Look, this is going to be the party match. I think the I think the Lucha Brothers will be motivated because we know that it just depends on how much crap they can get in is how motivated they'll be. And everybody is going to say after this match, man, it was a really fun match until Pac decided to end it with the hammer shot on Phoenix. <laughs> and everybody's going to be disappointed that it's going to lose half a star in the in the Observer. Oh, you think you think Pack is going to cost the team by betraying Phoenix? Yes, I think I think uh-huh. this, I think this entire card is going to be very very overbooked in terms of angles, as opposed to getting. Oh, that's the point I was going to make about Moxley and MJF. The most shocking swerve would be a thirty minute match where MJF gets a clean pin, and then we're all just like, "Wait, what? Huh? 
yes, I think I think I think Pack hits Phoenix because it was all hunky dory and smiles on Wednesday, and that's how the elite get the trios title. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I, I guess I could see that. I, I was kind of confused how you're gonna do. Uh, I guess the elite aren't heels, uh, even though they've. I mean, like Omega's still doing the North Carolina intro, so it's always like I, I always view that as a heel intro, but. Um, and he's still oh, you're not—they're not gonna boo the elite here. No, no, they, even, they saved even, a dog. It's no, it's just crazy because it's like even with him coming out with Don Callis, who's never been presented as anything other than a heel. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler, like these are like goofus goons. Uh, but whatever. Um, I said so, goofus and gallant. No, no. There's who's the gallant? <laughs> yeah. That's well, exactly. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, like it, I, I guess you're right. I think I'll say the elite win. Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry in a steel cage match. Other steel cage matches are any indication Jungle Boy or Jack Perry is going to do something crazy and stupid off of this cage, following the the uh, the example of Cody Rhodes versus Wardlow and the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. The only reason for this cage is for Jack Perry to do something off of it and i hope i hope it's not something too reckless but look it's been three years maybe we should start to push this jack perry kid and see if he's a star mm-hmm. he wins yeah I right. if, if luchasaurus somehow wins this what are we doing yeah i touched oh you see christian what, cage got in the cage what what are we doing if, if luchasaurus wins this match yeah i'm just uh, yeah i just i want to get done with this feud please it's just not I mean, this repackaging of Luchasaurus is just so flat. Him being this silent antagonist with no clear motivation. It, it, the chemistry between him and Christian Cage just has not been there. Uh, Cage is just like, Luchasaurus does what I say. And Luchasaurus is like, I do it. Uh, and it's it's just been very uncompelling. Uh, there's never been any sort of like, Hey, remember when we were real buddies? Sort of like pulling at the heartstrings, sort of moments between Perry and Luke. Like, there's just been nothing. It, it's been this like boring breakup of friends where you don't even really understand why they were friends before, other than that they, they made sense in a dinosaur themed tag team. Swords meme time, as in a take that will result in this, and the guy's just sitting there smiling with a bunch of swords at his throat. Here's mine. The best built feud on this entire card. Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus Sting and Darby Allen. I think this match might steal the show just because Jeff Jarrett's middle-aged crazy and Sting is middle-aged crazy. And they're both going to do weird stuff. Sting's going to jump off a balcony. Jarrett's going to bleed buckets. And then Lethal and Sting are both solid. They're really I, good foils for one another, right? They are. I, yeah, I know, I, man, like, no, th- th- it's been weird, but like Jarrett as they're, the anti sting, yeah, makes cu- a lot of sense. They're cutting promos on each other, they're doing little backstage attacks and vignettes here and there. I loved Dutt and Lethal on Wednesday as just kind of great B villains, and then Jarrett comes in like Wayne Bloom from the Destruction Crew from the AWA. I got this, Mike. And says the promo. Look, I don't like the the attacking of 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 PAs and stuff like that. But if it leads to him getting El Kabonged in this match, I'm here for it. 
I think this match is going to over deliver and I am so looking forward to it. Yeah. Jarrett's kind of reminded me a little bit of like wild bill Irwin too. Oh, I like that call. I, I, I was always, a, well, bill Irwin's thing for me was always that giant boot. He'd do. Yeah. That was uh, the thrust kick was always impressive. I loved yeah his flexibility is like he was tall and it was really elevated it it made me cry when he became the goon (laughs) with the skates on the boots here he is the the goon goon. (laughs) i think we're gonna have some things to say about this one Britt baker dmd versus soraya soraya Hasa Pfeffer what, Incorporated. What was, this, what was this go home promo, Jeff? That's what I have from to who, say. From which one? Because from Baker, I got questions from Baker. Both. Yeah. No, Baker was the big one for me. Because I'm okay. like. Okay. Here, here's, here's the problem. Okay. And this is a problem in AEW. The heels have call and response with the crowd, which makes them cool, which makes them baby faces. Jade has it. Britt has it. Swerve has it. And this is why these guys are never completely baby faces. But yes, it's like somebody put on Shake Them Ropes last week, heard our criticisms about it, decide they were going to address it, and then address it in the wrong order. In reverse. In the wrong order, exactly. Because <laughs> Britt is now, <laughs> I've earned and I've worked for this. And Soraya comes out and responds and goes, yeah, I came here so I could fight the best. I'm just like, why did they put this one after Britt? I, I am flabbergasted at, at how bad they have scripted these roles who is going to root for Soraya in this audience now she's going to get booed much like everybody else from wwe in terms of tony storm athena <laughs> ruby to some respect although she has the theme song and that's about it but all these wwe people reclamation projects have flopped because they haven't pushed them correctly and now we've got a fourth one. And I'm just, I am. <laughs> there is a way here. I think Soraya can win this and Brit save face and just move on to fighting Jamie Hayter for the title. Uh, yeah. Who, who, I mean, but it won't shock me. The problem though, Jeff, is that moving on to Hayter now, it's like Britt Baker's like, I've been the heart and soul of this division. Yes. So when Hayter uh, and they'll, everyone likes Jamie Hayter. So, who are you trying to make a baby face coming out of that angle? Well, yeah, and here's the other thing. She's been crushing the AEW baby faces with the sarcasm. Charlotte can't get one over on you because I'm always verbally on top. And now she's the face of the division, which which d- goes the opposite way and crushes all the heels in terms of, yes, I'm the most marketable personality. I'm the face I'm the face that runs the place. I'm now Becky Lynch. And you're just like, my God. She has she has cleaned out the division. What are we gonna do with her? I once you have Baker deliver the I was the beating heart of this company during the pandemic promo. I'm sorry. Yes. The the era of her as the heel has to come to a close. You now yes. have to turn you have to turn her into a baby face. And every other heel essentially has to be like, neat biography, don't care, just wanna beat you. Um, it like, like she can keep talking about, you know, accomplishments in and out of the ring, blah, blah, blah. Like, but it, it's just over for you as a heel. Once you're like, I was here during the pandemic when none of these new people ever were Tony storm, Soraya, uh, it, 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 it was just it, <laughs> her presentation. I like Britt Baker. I want to be really clear on this. 
it is not an issue with Britt Baker. It is an issue with the presentation of yes. Britt Baker. And and also her... <laughs> the joke we made on the Dynamite show last night was the producer who was working on them on this was overworking with Soraya, and then Britt just decided to turn on the recorder and record a promo without without going over this first. And you're like, wait, wait, what? You did what? You crushed our baby face? Yeah, it... it I, and I guess maybe then I have a real, I have another question or maybe another argument for why Baker needs to be turned babyface. Is that like, especially if this is an autopilot promo, I don't know that she's got great heel instincts. I think she knows how to get herself over as people, as someone who people like. I don't know that she knows how to get herself over as someone that people hate. It's a pretty good point. Really is. Uh, Jade Cargo versus Nyla Rose for the TBS championship. Both people kind of have belts here. If you want to really think about it that way, I think we're going to come out of this saying that this was possibly one of Jade Cargill's best matches because if Nyla, if Nyla Rose likes you, she's going to kill herself for you as seen with Riho and Sheeta. And I believe there was another, I think maybe Anna J. I think, I think that match, or maybe it was Ruby so- Soho, but one of the, but Nyla is more than willing to sacrifice her body to get over baby faces. And I think that's what's going to happen here as the as we probably get more shots of Jade's daughter watching her as a heel. Again, again, baby with, with face her, heel with her, with her goon squad. She has a goon squad known as the baddie section. Yes. But I think, I think, yes, I think Jade Cargo wins this. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. Um, I, I, I agree with your estimation on Nyla. I think, Nyla's really outkicked her coverage. I think that she's a she's a very good foil for Jade Cargill, uh, and most entertaining Twitter follow in the company, by the way. That also also true. Well, do not get on the wrong side of Nyla Rose. No, uh, she, no. she 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 brings receipts. She brings yeah. receipts. Merciless. Uh, uh, no, I I I think that I actually think that the right move here would be to make this non-conclusive and have Rose and uh, Cargill kind of feud onwards here because this is the strongest pairing that they have found for Cargill yet. I will go with that. I will go with this match must, or this feud must continue. Yeah. Four-way match for the ROH world title. Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, who is ice cold, versus Claudio Castagnoli (laughs) versus Sammy Guevara. I think everything you need to know about, look, both this and the acclaimed matches have a problem in that we've been just watching these guys in the ring with each other for the last three weeks. It's been a WWE. Who's more ice cold, Wardlow or Danielson? Uh, Danielson. Because because Wardlow, I mean, Wardlow still gets a pop coming out and he still gets to beat people up. Danielson is almost actively avoiding stardom with some of his moves. And I just don't get it. I really don't. Man, you don't even know. To your point, you don't even see really like the robust yessing or anything yes. from the crowd, like that. Which, in a company, if indeed this company does not have CM Punk going forward, not utilizing Brian Danielson's built-in chants and crowd pump-up moments to pad your show out a little bit, baffling to me. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot was shown during this four-way in terms of what the conclusion is going to be because Chekhov's bat was introduced in the first act and not used. Or it was used on Danielson, who then turned his neck and no-sold it. Uh, (laughs) But with the Claudio thing, I think Jericho uses Floyd. 
And I think he uses it on Sammy Guevara. Now, whether or not he gets the pin or not, I don't know because people have said, well, maybe Claudio gets the ROH title and that's how we get to final battle. And then we have a match there. But I think Chris Jericho is going to be your ring of honor champion going into final battle. And I think he does it by pinning Sammy Guevara with the bat. Oh, you think Jericho pins Guevara? Yes. Interesting. Because it's quote unquote, no DQ because it's a four way. I see. I see. Okay. Good. Yeah. Guevara's laid out. Jericho just worms onto Guevara and that starts. Does creating... a cheap, does a cheap shot blames Danielson or, or Claudio and then pins him and then says afterwards, it wasn't him. That uh, kind of I thing. Mean, maybe, but like, I mean, it could also just be like Danielson or uh Claudio have him laid out and Jericho just worms it out. And then like, cause, cause the thing is, who are you turning? I guess you'd turn Jericho baby face. I don't think you Gavar. turn anybody. I think it's just one right. of those things where heel on heel crime and it's all, you know, there, right. there's tension later, but it all, you know, they find a way to work through it type of thing. Yeah. That, that, so that's why I would say maybe there's not actually a belt shot from Jericho or like a, a bat shot from Jericho. Okay. Jericho just, just steals a roll up sort of. All right. I can go with that too, but I have Jericho retaining. Yeah, Jericho retains. Speaking of ice cold, Tony Storm. It's an ice storm versus Jamie Hayter. Singles match for the interim. Although Tony Khan in his in his, <laughs> in his, in his coming through. Yeah, well, Tony or Khan saying he wants to now possibly make this unified, but wants to give Thunder Rosa a chance to come back, et cetera, et cetera. Tony Storm, Jamie Hader, and the audience so badly wants Jamie Hader to win this, and we've already been been past this off-ramp once. This is the easiest call to make because we've now gotten around again where it's time to see if Jamie Hader can be a single star because these fans want it. So they're going to do it. They, yeah, and, and they should, but it's like... They should. Why, yeah. why is this the path? Why Why was this the Like, you, you sign. What did Tony you do Storm. wrong to make this the path? That's right. A, that's the question right. That, that looking asking. back on this, you, that, that has to be really assessed. When it was, okay, we're going to, you know, make her the interim champion with this Thunder Rosa thing. This is ridiculous. Like, like, like this is the reason why you strip off the titles because these stories have to move on. And. Storm has never felt like a full-on champion because of this interim thing. And now you are at a juncture where you want to do a handoff to Hater and see what she has as a baby heel. And <laughs> <laughs> that's a new thing I just came up with. That's, that's uh, also very true in some ways. I mean, my God, I was like, it's like they're going to turn this into, how are they going to make Rebel of baby face? That's what I was. <laughs> I mean, I guess they could, you know, do like she she has like the hype girl jacket, kind of like a death triangle guy. Does. Everybody, everybody who isn't an AEW original is now gonna have to join the JAS. That's the only way around this whole thing, is is now we're gonna have the NWO. <laughs> I, it it really almost feels like they have put themselves in a scenario, narratively speaking, where like they need to just have like a, an unofficial brand war of WWE versus AEW because they booked themselves into this corner. Well, this isn't the only feud they've done this on. They did this with the acclaimed right. too. We're homegrown. Screw you, other guys. I'm just like. What? Why are we doing this, guys? Why? I, I, if there's a point, great. If there's not, figure out a way out of it and start, you know, start 
doing more quality control on your promos here. Speaking of which, the acclaimed versus Swerve in Our Glory. What do you think of the music video, Chris? Mm-hmm. I thought they nailed Keith Lee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I I liked the. I mean, it was funny. It it wasn't unfunny. I thought they did a nice job. I mean, I think the sneaky swerve stuff has kind of gone like like it's not. It's you not know, as funny as they're they're making you take a very long walk for not a long drink of water with that I, sneaky swerve stuff. I forget me. if it was Dre or Cube who did the uh the diss track about Easy E. That's what this video reminded me of. Was that old school stuff from the early nineties? Yes, yes. Um, and I I mean I like it, but like this feud doesn't. To me, the interesting part of this feud is supposed to be with the swerve and keith lee dynamic how is swerve working on keith like what is their interaction like they're they're the question marks in this like like where are their heads at is the interesting story in this and the acclaimed being funny to me is less intriguing you have this you know interesting dynamic with lee and swerve potentially and i don't feel like it's really been utilized well i I think the acclaimed retain and i think like It feels to me like Swerve and Lee are just going to break up. The acclaimed are, I think we've nailed it before. They are AEW's new age outlaws. And within that becomes an issue because while they are a decent team, there are so many, so many better teams in AEW than them for them to be world tag champs. And this is a law of, uh, Oh, I forgot what it is. It, it basically this has been a 50-50 feud since the first match. It's been diminishing returns. Diminishing returns, that's the term I was looking for. Thank because you. The diminishing they're returns. not advancing a story with Lee and right. Swerve. They're going but off I, they're going off that really hot first match where everybody said, My God, they overperformed. And they haven't lived up to that yet. And that's the a problem. Completely underperformed. And I, there's just been times where they have crossed the narrative Rubicon with the characterization of both Lee and Swerve, um, including the hostage taking of Swerve, <laughs> the which was like hostage thing, yeah, yeah, which is play, which is played up for yuck yucks on Halloween, but like it's also a thing that happened, and you had Billy Gunn come out with his hands like taped up and he couldn't do stuff the following week, so like, I don't, for me. If they had actually committed to any sort of real characterization with Lee and Swerve, I'd be absolutely fine with this. Uh, it, it's fine that the acclaimed are essentially like the New Age Outlaws. You know, I, I think they're they're more better, more balanced team than the Outlaws. Yes, I, I would yeah. agree. They they are better than the Outlaws were at their peak yeah. in terms of wrestling ability. I think the interesting choice here is for Lee to go full heel because I'm tired of but, team breakups as, as a right, thing. right. And I, I mean, Lee should go full heel here. They should be trying to exploit this injury on Bowens. And if they don't do that, I'll be very, I'll be very disappointed if they don't just basically swerve. like, let's work the injury I put on there. And Lee finally relents and does it. And the audience turns on any match where they knock out Billy Gunn early so that they can avoid the whoa, scissor me daddy chance. Yeah, and that's a, that's a problem too, and they need to figure it out. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
as good as Gunn has been for the acclaimed, there are times where Gunn's presence seems like the big... Gunn feels like the road dog, and the acclaimed feels like the Billy Gunn. Brings us to John Moxley versus MJF. <laughs> this this last promo thing, there was to me there was literally nothing good about it. Moxley kind of lack. I don't know if the lackadaisical was a choice, but his whole go home promo was saying he was saying MGF hasn't worked. He was given this chip. It was the Soraya promo from two weeks ago on Britt Baker. His whole promo was MJF doesn't deserve this match. Boy, take my money. I mean, that's the sell you're going to give? Then MJF comes out and it's like... And doesn't that sit in contrast with what he was saying just the week prior? Yes. That he deserves this, and and you know, yeah, that he under... worked so hard about like, like Moxley. How do you actually feel, homie? And then we get MGF making this save, which was just it, the only thing I could compare to was The Rock when he'd make a save during the Attitude Era, and like the guns fly over these soft punches, and <laughs> and various pratfalls by by the firm who. You know, they had just tried building up Ethan Page, and now he's getting three stooges eye-poked and 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 shin-kicked and sent out of the ring. He does all this. He cuts his promo over Moxley. Moxley just gets right back up and gets in his face, and you're like, well, wait a second. Wasn't Moxley beat down here, or were these all just kind of... Was this all a ruse, which just had me thinking the whole thing's a ruse by everybody in here. If you had told me this was the dress rehearsal for the actual play, I would have believed you. But watching this entire thing, I just went, I don't, who's, who's going to buy this based on this go home segment? I just, I could not believe. I know. How do you get excited for the match? For the match, not the angle, the match. Like, these gentlemen are going to have a match. And I have very little heat for the match. Insofar as there is intrigue, it is for the angle that the match will be wrapped up in. This has just been such a bizarre presentation of Moxley Moxley and MJF here. Yes. Um, Yeah. Now your pick. What's going to happen? I think MJF wins the title. I, I, I think I think they, uh, they, they. I mean, Moxie retaining here would be ridiculous. Um, I think MJF's going to win the title, and we're going to get some big angle, and he's going to be revealed to be some sort of mastermind. How masterful and how mindful we that that will remain to be determined. Who is he aligned with? The Pinnacle, the Firm, or William Regal? Uh, William Regal. I'm gonna say I'm I, I am gonna say that the end of, that, that all of this is building up to Regal screwing over Moxley. That Moxley's comment about Yuta being his young boy is important narratively in a way we don't fully understand yet, and that the image of Regal seemingly trying to defend John Moxley from MJF with his brass knuckles in hand is foreshadowing that. MJF's going to win not with the Dynamite Diamond Ring, but in fact with Regal's Brass Knuckles. That's I where agree. I think we're going. I agree as well. That's that's what I have. Um, 
I know we have a hard out here. Some quick oh, we hits. Still, we, we, yeah, we still got about 20 minutes or so. Okay, so we have time for Raw and NXT yeah. or even SmackDown if you wanted to go there. Um, I, I'll, I'll just do a real quickie because it's. I don't have a lot to say about, but it'll give you time to think of something if you want to. If you don't have a topic on hand, I actually really like the LA Knight Bray Wyatt tete a tete on SmackDown on Friday. Yeah, I like was really interesting. I like heels that that don't. I like heels that don't back down from other heels, and even though Bray's probably going to be a babyface in all this, but LA Knight has the cocksuredness to just say, "Look, I don't care about your stupid magic or whatever." Yeah, he's going to get his butt kicked in the end, but I like I like not all heels being cowardly. Yes, I. I mean, I just like LA Knight so much more as this iteration of LA Knight versus being the, a model you know, yeah, being <laughs> Max Dupree yes Max Dupree <laughs> here you know, goes uh, sir. I, I, I thought that that was good um Breaker Breaker and Wagner boy <laughs> uh <laughs> th- 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 boy did this not click did, did, did you know that their fathers faced each other in the Steiner's first pay-per-view for WWF in did, 1993? Did you know that that fact cannot save a match? No, it can't. Not it can't save it. No, I, I know. I, the, that was so much of what they were trading on. I, I wasn't trying to razz you. I was more making like that. That was clearly what they thought was going to be enough to get this thing over. But <laughs> man chris, that break, chris what's what's that frankensteiner that that was pretty nasty chris what's worse this match or the fact that since nxt lost war games we now have brought back basically tna king of the mountain for nxt this match description was like the marx brothers contract scene in a night at the opera <laughs> the party in the first part in this part will be known as the party of the first part. My God, can we just just have a good match? Just have a feud and then think of something special. Instead, this is this is where NXT and wrestling and other companies have now become Applebee's and Chili's, where it's like we have this poor steak. So we have to have some sort of gimmicky sauce. The Razzler sauce. Try our Raspberry Jack Daniels bourbon glaze or whatever the hell we're going to put on this thing. The spicy Razzler. So we have, okay, we have five competitors. It's a 25-minute match. Two people start. Each five minutes, somebody comes out. If you get pinned, you get put in a penalty box. I think I think what the part where doing? when you come out of the penalty box, you have to wear weights is a little bit excessive. You know, like you have to wear arm and leg weights for the duration. You know, of the we have a stockade where the villagers can pelt fruit at you. I'm ju- still a little unclear on the deployment of the obstacle course in the second phase of the match, but well, I'm really excited well, to see, see its utilization. If you're ahead on points, you get to you get that much of a head start on the obstacle course, and then the person who wins at the end is considered the American Gladiator. I, it That's would be what... no, honestly, it would be better if they all just did the Eliminator Challenge. Yes. I would rather watch them do the Eliminator Challenge. And then have the punji stick or uh, the pugil stick fight on the little balconies at the end than whatever this match is. Yes, I, I am here. I'm actually here for uh, <laughs> for 
for uh, Carmelo Hayes doing the Eliminator on American Gladiators. I, I, I it, it actually would be kind of a fun thing to have like these people of various sizes using different skill sets to get through these different challenges. And then, yeah, that little look, we joke about it, but the little pugil thing that they used to do at 90s American Gladiators, kind of a fun thing. Kind of a fun thing. I'm going to say this, and this is uh, going to Raw. I actually like what they did with Austin Theory here. I just wish they had done it before the cash-in. <laughs> yeah, like his no. promo, his promo was logical. Look, it, it's like they listened to Reigns. Shake Them Ropes from the yes. previous week. And everybody said, listened to Shake Them Ropes the previous week because everybody then addressed this stuff in their promo. But it's too late now. Yes. Like, yeah, like Theory saying all this stuff now makes a lot of sense but he should have said it two weeks ago that said him being born again tough i liked i like more tough guys i like tough heels i I like to i like the viciousness of him now the problem is all this viciousness is in service of getting bobby lashley (laughs) over you know the same same with the world cup like the world cup is a great thing where it's like oh look we're gonna have great wrestling matches and then you realize Mustafa Ali's just gonna get tossed like a ragdoll by Bobby Lashley the moment he's out of this cup so it's like well what's the use of this then uh, yeah I uh but but uh, it was a noble effort it was it was it was a noble effort to recoup what was lost with this Austin Theory money in the bank briefcase it was just if the story needed to be told two months ago not the week after he does a failed cash in yeah, and then I'm I'm trying to see if there's anything else on NXT that is of of note to me. Uh, I'll, I'll let's go with this, not because I'm I think it's it was great, but actually because I felt like it's worth noting. I, I thought Alba Fire and Manny Rose just didn't deliver. Uh, the, the, unfortunately, this just didn't click. Your uh, girl's back though, Chris. Yes, my, my why do you always say this? I I feel like it, this because is you were become... the one on the show who always defended her, and it just drove no, me. no, no. I, I, I never did. You've, you've been claiming this literally for years. She wasn't that and, and this, bad. Uh... The, 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 the gag at this point is now that you have been insisting this for years. And Isla I'm just gonna, Dawn, yeah, I, kids, no, she's wonderful. Back. I love Isla Dawn. She's wonderful. And, and she's Chris could not that. be happier. About yeah, oh, have always thought she's great. Have oh. always said that. Oh. Uh, this, I, I mean, she needed to be just, a part of the dyad. Womp, 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 womp. Yeah, I just... Yeah. And, and that weak missed shot or whatever the hell it was. Uh, I'll, I'll say something good about NXT, though. I thought uh, JD McDonough and uh, and Apollo Crews was pretty good. I thought it was, too. Uh, you know, a little perplexed with what they're doing with McDonough, um, but I thought the match was good. And, uh, and Thea Hale has now grown on me officially. Oh, yeah, she's she, she's good. Yeah, she's funny. As an actress, not as yeah. a wrestler, but... Yeah, yeah, no, but that no, whole, no. I mean... Look, Duke Hudson not winning any awards for his performance in that no, thing. No, Duke, Duke's not. Andre great. Chase is is Al Pacinoing the hell out of this thing, where he's just, oh, I need to stroke my chin now to show that I am ponderous. <laughs> no, she's funny though. Uh, I, I, Thea Hale's just like she's she's a, she's a character. It pops on the screen. I have a note about another note about Raw. Okay. Uh, I am. Look, I, uh, me and Yim being added to this war games, mostly a positive. It gets some questions going as to who the fifth person is going to be because a lot of people were kind of penciling in Sasha and Naomi coming back. And by the way, Sasha's made some very interesting uh, trademark news this week. 
I wouldn't say it's a sure thing that she's in the fold. But also, if she were in the fold, this would be the kind of move to make people think she weren't in the fold by, like, uh, trademarking uh, Mercedes Monet and <laughs> things like that. Um, just saying. I, I, I like Mia Yim in this War Games. I, part of me hopes she gets a chance to be in this War Games. But it would make me howl with laughter if it became a running joke in WWE that every time Mia Yim is put in the War Games, she gets knocked out and has a replacement. Because that's how they did the uh, Dakota Kai turn in NXT at one time. <laughs> it would make me laugh if they just decide to take her out. That heel team, I'm here for it. I really am. It's a great little heel. St- I mean, uh, Damage Control, Nikki Cross, and and Rhea Ripley together. Yeah, here for yeah. that. Yeah, I no, would I, love for I got I got a candidate that you Who? haven't considered. Knox. <laughs> Tegan Knox, yeah. Uh, that, no, that, that. No, Knox. <laughs> oh yeah, no. She's just, just knocks. Yeah, no yeah. Tank. They, they, uh, they, they dropped Tegan a while ago. I got one that would would get like crickets in the arena, but would make me pop. Mako Satamura. Oh, yes. On the baby face side. No, she'd be great. Give me that. Give me old grizzled veteran Mako Satamura in a war games, please. I'll take that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that'd be a cool move. I mean, especially if it's like not, it's sto- gonna be a name. It's gonna be a name. Yeah, I mean, the story there would be have Oscar bring in her buddy. Yeah, Oscar's the one who, you know, next week you have Oscar go like, I have a plan, and her plan is Mako. Yeah, I'm very. And the other intriguing thing about that baby, I'm intrigued about Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, when she has a chip on her shoulder, will will. Oh Jesus. I just had my Alexa go off because I had to say something. Uh, <laughs> Shut up, Alexa. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I gotta wait. <laughs> okay, so bliss. Me. So bliss. bliss <laughs> she she goes above and beyond because she has that horsewoman chip on her shoulder. Now it'd be very interesting if Sasha were on Alexa Bliss's team and they were in a war games cage together. But at the same time, I, Alexa Bliss intrigues me in a War Games match. Because she's able to do hardcore matches pretty well. Yeah, I, I I think that this War Games match could potentially be a very, very good match. It looks like the men's side is lining up to be Bloodline versus Drew, the Brutes, and the New Day. Which... which- would be a fine it. match too. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, yeah, I think the bloodline obviously prevail in this, but uh, yeah, like uh, I, I think it will be a good match with a fun story, and the bloodline continue to be just you know one of the highlights of wrestling weeks every yes. week. At also, point, well, like the brutes feud with everybody with the, with everybody is very good too. I mean, right. I've, I've enjoyed the hell out of them. Yeah, the brute match style is is a very engaging and fun match style. Or it's so gonna I, be hold on, it might just be Drew and Sheamus, and then the New Day, and I think Owens was penciled in here, but they may just get somebody else as well. Oh, interesting. So it would just be Sheamus, not the Brutes. Yeah, because I think the New Day is gonna be in on this. Interesting. Um, I mean, I will. Th- I mean, I I would take the Brutes. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting to have, like, maybe, I guess, Drew the Brutes and... Because uh, Sheamus' arm is still 
wrapped up. So maybe yeah, but they... the whole story is the is that Drew and Sheamus have come to an agreement. So. Agreement, yes, yeah, that they finally buried the hatchet, which will, which is actually a lovely payoff from from like the the stories that they were telling a couple of years ago. Here's the interesting choice. Okay, you get you get Drew, Sheamus, and the New Day, and then Gunther. And they make a deal with Gunter because somehow the bloodline gets on his bad side. And so you have the brutes and Imperium watching and just kind of giving each other side eye the whole time. And, and you have Gunter come in there and just kill Sami Zayn. That's what Gunter as the wild card for the babyface team would be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's just yeah. everybody everybody hates the bloodline. There's no right. heel alignment. Right, right, right. But that that would actually get people really excited for the it would it would make sure that like it would make sure that the face team has enough energy to overcome the cool factor of the bloodline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that's all I got, sir. Uh yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think was there anything else on raw of uh of note here. Um uh, Gable and Real had a real nice match. Oh, Tom, they're Tom great. Said. Yeah, they're, they're they're real nice match. Really, really nice match. Uh, Rollins, uh, fun little little leave through character for them right now. Uh, JBL and Baron Corbin still stinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that's just never gonna quick I, or never gonna click. I I kind of like Dominic Mysterio. He's kind of growing on me. He's growing on me too, but it's but it's all about the uh, interactions with Rhea. Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. But like, he's in stride right now as this character, and and I, I'm I'm enjoying it. He's a complete simp, and I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I like it. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that that's that's all I got too. That well, then, enjoy week. your full gear weekend, kids. We will be back after Thanksgiving sometime for those of you in the states. Enjoy that and any time with your family you might have. This has been Shake Them Ropes. I am at Crap Game 13 on the old Twitterverse. I do a show called The Dynamite Show on the Fight Game Media Network, patreon.com slash fightgamemedia, five bucks a month. Get you a bunch of shows, but we are a part of Voices of Wrestling, Podcasting Network, The Flagship, Music of the Mat, Five Star Match Game, uh, Open the Voice Gate, etc., etc. Whatever your wrestling jones. We have a podcast for Chris also has other projects. He's going to tell you about them now. Yeah. You can go and follow me on Instagram at Instagram.com slash doctor underscore. No, if you can catch up with my music and all that there, if you want to hear the uh, releases of, of my music, uh, whether it is stuff that I've done with William uh, and the wild cards or my own EP, you can find that over at patreoncom slash DWATG. I will also be getting back to, episodes of the show but in the t- for the time being here uh for those of you who sub up you get m- my music for free uh so you guys can uh, go and check out stuff that i'm doing over there at patreon.com slash dwatg hi my name is tyler fornis and i am the co-host of the good the bad and the hunky here on the voice wrestling podcasting network every week my co-host fred Morland and i discuss all the happenings of all elite wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite. We talk about Rampage. And we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside 
of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network.